بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد Today we are here again another Dean Love episode Welcome to our viewers Like this video and also share it This is going to be an interesting one, amazing one We're going to have this discussion about a very very important and forgotten topic About Islam and it's very neglect is neglected, right? But before we get into that, I want to introduce to you someone who is a mentor. He's our Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Molid Ali. That's his name, and he's uh, he's been in this game for a long time. Kaful Hal, Assalamu Alaikum. Alaikum Assalam, Rahmatullah Barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. How are you doing? All praise due to Allah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alamin. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. So. We have our Sheikh with us today. Let's get started. Today we're going to talk about a very important topic. And I know me and Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Maulid, we always speak about um, like issues regarding the community and problems that are ailments for us. One of the big ones, one of the biggest ones in our community today is spirituality. Now, when people hear about the term spirituality, they get like, they become like mutazazah. You know, like, oh... Is you're talking about khurafat uh, and and all this other stuff and and we're not talking about that. Spirituality is a very important part. Imaniyat, all these things fall in line. Zuhud, and all of these fall in line with spirituality. So Sheikhuna, talk to us about what spirituality is in Islam, and even not to mention a lot of people are moving towards other Eastern thoughts and yoga and namaste and namastu and all this stuff and you know they're they're doing this yoga healing and and um, stretches and meditation and well, I, I i see this happen and so there it's like there is no uh, equivalent or no accommodation in the aspect of spirituality in islam talk to us about that and how important is it <clears throat> بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله القائل في كتابه قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى القائل أيضا قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها القائل أيضا ومن تزكى فإنما يتزكى لنفسه وإلى الله المصير جزاك الله خيرا أستاذ أثمان دين لاف وكل البرادرز وسيسترز الفيورز دين لاف Alhamdulillah, this is a great ni'mah and a blessing and effort to ask Allah to accept uh, Allah from Allah you and all Allah the brothers behind this great uh, da'wah. Uh, every time I see a new episode in, in Deen Love, it makes me really happy. Allah uh, Allah 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 it's, I, I believe this is, Deen Love is one of the uh, da'wah methods in the 21st century <laughs> that revives the core teachings of Islam Alhamdulillah. Uh, Alhamdulillah. especially in in the social media uh, communities where you find a lot of issues to mm. f- actually have the Islamic voice May Allah accept from us. May in, in, in that platforms it's a great ni'mah so no, keep no. up with the good work uh, make sure everybody you follow the deen love inshallah ta'ala Jazakumullah khair so, so talk to us about spirituality how important is it in Islam what does it mean to a Muslim um 
to we, we want we want to know this concept of iman yet because a lot of the times we stick we talk about a lot of other t- subjects mm-hmm. right so yeah. uh, precisely so actually if you look at the 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 quranic uh, vocabulary mm. is tazkiyah is uh, purification okay. of of the self or the soul I mean, the word spirituality in the English context, it has a lot of different meanings, but we'll come back to that, inshallah, momentarily. Okay. But to speak about tazkiyah, I mean, there are so many ayat in the Quran that it speaks about uh, that the human being is not only the physical part, there is the ruh part. Ruh. Uh, and that tazkiyah uh, and overcoming the disease of the heart is one of the main uh, topics of, of, of the Quran. Mm. And actually, it's one of the main roles of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He came to teach and purify. At-ta'alim wa tazkiyah. We say that it's teaching and also purifying uh, the person. Surah Al-Jumu'ah, Allah says, huwa alladhi ba'atha fil ummiyyina rasoolan minhum. What is he doing? Yatlu alayhim ayat. He's reciting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ayat to the people. Wa yuzakihim. And then he's purifying them. And in another ayah, Allah says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى That whoever understands their own human nature and their shortcomings and they strive you know, to perfect uh, the good characters and to overcome the bad ones, those are the successful ones. Yeah. Allah says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا So the Quran speaks about the human being in that comprehensive way. Okay. The ruh aspect, the soul, uh, and the material aspect. Mm. And the Quran also teaches us to keep in a perfect uh, equilibrium or balance between the two. So well, we eat and we drink to satisfy, you know, the, the body. No. But also we pray, we fast, we do all the ibadat to uh, satisfy and to purify our hearts. Uh, uh, so that we can have qalbun salim, we can have a sound heart. No, no khairu, that's a, a, a great intro uh, and an and explanation, right? Um, I know a lot of people ask this question. What's the difference between the ruh and the nafs? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a great question. Well, you know, sometimes uh, if, if, if the nafs is mentioned in one place without combining with the ruh, mm. then the scholars, they mean it, you know, the ruh, the soul. Okay. But if they're all in one place, then uh, they have two different meanings. Mm. Those are the terms they say in, in the Arabic, okay. if they are combined, they have different, they meanings. Have different meanings. But if they are mentioned in separate places, if they mention different places, they mean the same meaning. It's like al-birr and taqwa. Okay. Uh, uh, so if you have a birr and taqwa in the same place, they have different meanings. Different meaning. But if they are mentioned in two different contexts, then they have the same meaning the same meanings subhanallah so then we know that okay now that you mentioned it, it sounds like this here the spirituality the iman yet the journey of man is to persevere the spiritual aspects in the warfare that they have to go through every single day of their lives and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala equips us with it in our communities though we focus a lot on hifd in the Somali, the East Africa communities were very good. We excel. Even Allahumma maybe we could say it in the world, Allah on Hifd. Right? Is the uh, learning about Tazkiya, to Nufus and and to Qulub, all these things, is it the spirituality aspect? Is it as important 
or even more important than the hift itself? Well, I- if you go back to the history of, 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 of Islam, and this is something that even Ibn Khaldun in his book, uh, uh, Al-Muqaddimah, the introduction to, oh. uh, to history, Mashallah. he mentions how Muslims in the past, especially in Spain, for example, in Andalus and other places, they used to teach the children you know, the Quran, but they would also teach uh, the basics of Tazkiyah and the Fiqh, so that uh, once they graduate from the Qutab or the Madrasa, mm. or what we call in the Somali community, Duxi, they are well-rounded, not only in the Hifz, but also in the Tazkiyah aspect, yes. so that they have that yes. emotional attachment yes. uh, with the Deen. So they have both. That has been uh, the way of teaching young people, but you know, recently I believe there has been a shift uh, from that uh, balanced approach and, and I think what is needed now is for the Duxis to, uh, teachers uh, and everyone to really bring that, uh, yeah, aspect back. that aspect back so that when you teach them when they memorize that surah you teach them what that means <laughs> you also teach them what that also means now and it doesn't have to be like uh, like uh, long lectures just the ayah that they're memorizing mm. if you just teach them the just aspect the basic translations basic uh, meanings and yeah, i mean that also it it, it makes a, a big difference now, you know now i was i was laughing because i know uh, uh, a lot of our parents tell the story of uh, how bad they used to get <laughs> they used to use that 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 sura to um, to get uh, reprimanded. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, in yeah. Madrasa, <laughs> right in Duxi. So, yeah. uh, moving on though. So we spoke about. But I want to, if you allow me. Yes. Uh, sorry to no, no, interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> but speaking about spirituality and tiskiyas, this is something that I I, I would like to tell you know uh, the duat okay. or, or you know the teachers in in the West. Uh, you know we sp- we we use the English language. And a lot of times, the words that we use, mm. they may have some connotations okay. that, that require some sort of like... Yeah, you uh, have to ex- uh, uh, clarification. Uh, clarifications, yeah. Know. So, uh, we say that, okay, our teskia, or okay, for everybody to understand this, our spirituality is a spirituality that's guided. Yes. It is not an open door. It's not like you approach spirituality as like, you know... Like a cafeteria style, uh, you know, yes, where yes. you pick and choose. <laughs> like it's a buffet, you know, you just go on and you take what you like. That's true. Uh, uh, this whole, you mentioned about the yoga and, you know, approaching other, you know, uh, traditions and what they do and all of that. Mm. And nowadays, actually, that type of open uh, spirituality, as they say, it's very ubiquitous, you know, it's prevalent yes. in the West. And I think every time you have a liberal society that approach everything mm. from a liberal standpoint they they tend to uh, because every human being at the end of the day is a spiritual being no. uh, we have that void in space in our hearts and nothing can feel but spirituality so and and some of the western uh, liberals they do have issue with you know uh, with the, especially with the christianity so <clears throat> They they want to promote that other types of w- the so-called spiritualities just to so that they don't want to limit themselves to yeah. specific uh, uh, doctrine. And you know. they're, they're dry people. Yes, so yes, yeah. Anything. So, but I wanna I just wanna say to the Muslims uh, that you cannot be like those who uh, I mean, Islamically, you have a a method, a path mm. of 
of of spirituality yes. that is uh, that's on the base of the Quran and the Sunnah. Naam. And you cannot go beyond that. You Naam. cannot create your own yes. religion. This is a very uh, because it's not like oh, I have a choice. I'm a, I live in a free land. I can do whatever I want. But that you cannot apply that mindset of I'm a free person. You cannot apply that onto the religion. You cannot pick and choose. Deen, especially in Islam, is based on Islam. And what is Islam? Islam is submission. By the time you say La ilaha illallah, means your spirituality now is being guided to a specific way. So I think that's also something that we need to uh, yeah. no, we need to remind you know people, especially nowadays. Uh, I've seen some young people who say that oh, I'm following this person. Uh, she teaches spirituality, right. he teaches spirituality, and they say, but uh, what, what are they using for their spirituality? And yeah. then they mention things that's not from the deen, no, from Islam. No, no. Yeah. no, this is important too, you know, a lot of people, especially the non-Muslims, because we should always be concerned wherever, wherever the non-Muslims are going in terms of um, this aspect of trying to approach metaphysical reality, we should always be careful and be um, wary because usually the Muslims will go and follow that way too. Mm -hmm. And so they say things like, oh, well, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Yeah. Right? Because they say, well, religion has all these rules and that's not why I'm here. I'm here for a relationship. You yeah. see, it's like yeah. they don't understand. And that emanates from a Christian yes. uh, paradigm. Uh, paradigm. No. Yeah, precisely. No. And we, we as Muslims, we should not fall into that. Yes. You know? That's why I was saying that maybe having a better language, ah, like, you know, okay, okay. Uh, like Teski and still using yes. spirituality. And this is why it's good. So, so we, we, we explain what the term is, and through the rest of the uh, podcast, we're going to use that. Oh, perfect. Now people know what it is. We're not going to mm -hmm. use the, mm -hmm. that anymore. Okay, we're going to use Teski, which means purifying. Learn. <laughs> uh, purifying your heart. Now. And, 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 and attaining a level of certainty and yaqeen in your deen. And I think, I, I believe that's even where zakat, zakat mm -hmm. comes from. Yeah. It's a purification yeah. of your wealth. Zakat is uh, you purifying your wealth. No, yeah. no. Yeah. So uh, this is ilm, people, right? Wherever you find it, take it, inshallah ta'ala. I do also want to mention, so me and my friend, we had like this little thing where, okay, so I'm just going to tell you what we did this day. I'm not gonna. I, I can't really disclose it for the people, but we came to. We we saw this place that said like it was, um, a light of Sufi center in Minneapolis, and so we went down there in Minneapolis. We went to the building. We checked it out. The people weren't there. We were leaving, walking down the stairs, and then the people went upstairs. It's like oh, they passed by us. They said, "Do you guys know who's who's in the light of the Sufi center?" Right, and we're gonna this, uh, we're gonna also uh, explain Sufism and all this stuff. So, so they're like, "Oh, that's us. You can come and join us." It was a man and a woman. They were husband and wife. The woman shouldn't have any hijab or anything. But if you look online, their content they have some Islamic um, terminology and things that they talk about. So we went over there. We asked some questions, just basic questions, and so we asked them about hellfire we talked about jannah we talked about following the prophet we talked about following the salaf and the and the the, the the sahaba and all these things and so they just had the most weirdest deviant beliefs ever you can imagine you know and so they basically said oh well you don't have to be a muslim to be sufi you can just be we have 
Indians and Christians who come together, we sing together, we do these chants and everything. And so I'm like, okay, this is where it's coming from. Because in like the 70s, 80s, some of these um, Sufi saints, and I'm just going to use that term uh, loosely, came from like India and places like that. And they started their own uh, turaqa, mm -hmm. right? Their orders. And so this is one of them. The guy was getting mad because we kept asking questions about rules and stuff. Do you believe in this? Do you believe in that in the Quran? He's like, I, I, I don't want to talk anymore, right? And so people, they don't like the aspect of, of laws. They don't like the aspects of, of organization. They don't like the aspects of right and wrong because, you know, today there's this whole idea of, um, uh, you know, you, your own person. Right. So essentially, you kind of make up what you think should be done. People make themselves ilah. Yeah. yeah. Precisely. And, and just before I uh, before I forget. Now, the, there is uh, this whole idea of I'm not a, a religious, but I'm a spiritual person. Yeah, I'm spiritual. It comes from a, a philosophy in the West that's called humanism, mm. which basically says the human beings, they can choose however they want to live. Uh. Whichever path they want to take. Subhanallah. Yeah, and 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 that's basically it's based on, on on just uh, How elevating the desires, ego. Desires, yeah. Just elevating the ego and and desires, and that's all. Which I believe uh, that kind of uh, uh, like looking at you know religions in that suspicious manner, it's not it's not from our history. Mm. It's not from us. It's a, a Western, you know, culture. Uh, so, because in the West, as you know, there has been a time where the Roman Church used to, like you know, uh, go into the personal lives of the people, and then they have this confession yes. where they go to the priest and and uh, and the bishop, and they confess, you know, to the people about you know their no. sins, and and there was a, a counter, there was like a, people they get tired of that, yeah. so they went to the other extreme. <laughs> Which like you know I I have dignity I have this and this I have reasoning I'm intelligent person and this a human being we are responsible for ourselves and all of that so that's this whole idea of like I'm I'm free and I can choose uh, however that I want to live I'm, it comes I'm from the maker of my own destiny yes and all this yeah it, it comes from that background yeah because in the Western society unfortunately that was satiya the balance we have in Islam yes which is the balance between the self and and the, and the ruh it was not there no uh, and they have a historical uh, historically there has been mistakes in the church and 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 what we see especially what they call the age of enlightenment the yeah. age of reason the age of humanism and all of that up to this modern age it's based on just a, a counter act you know to yes uh, so to it's a that. reaction is of, a of the Catholic Church and yes. it's, it's yeah. uh, uh, on uh, how centuries. they on, on how they look at the human nature. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because remember this: the Quran actually brings a, the Quran is looks at the human nature in a very a positive way. Mm. Unlike you know the Catholic Church, <laughs> yeah. you know you're fallen. Yeah, you're fallen <laughs> right? and the original sin and yeah, all of you that. Need, and you need grace. Yeah, and, and, all and this. it just it, it debases oh, the God. human nature to the lowest. While actually the Quran. Uh, speaks about the human nature in a very, yes. uh, you know, propitious manner. Mm. You know, in a very beautiful manner, in an yeah. optimistic, you know, manner. Fitratullah yeah. fatar nasa oh, speaks wow. about the human being having that original, that innate fitra of 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 purity, of innocence, 
you see. So, yeah, yeah. so for us as Muslims, uh, that's why I was saying that we, we, we're living in the, in, in the midst of the Western culture, and many of the things they do, it affects us, but I think it's up to us yes, to really, you know... To. We have to go back to uh, our, tra- our yeah, traditions. Yeah, we have to go back to our tradition and, and don't claim things that's not from our, no, from our history. Yes, yeah. and I think this is where it all comes down to, it's a lack of submission. Yeah, lack of submission. Lack of yeah. submission. When you mm-hmm. say, you know, I love Allah and I love his messenger, that's not just something that you post on the wall or you have a canvas of yeah. or you take a shirt of. Yeah. This is something that requires... A way of living. Action, yes. Yeah, this is a way of life, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, so talk to us about what does it mean to love Allah and his messenger? Because people will tell you, they'll have you believe. Well, I've seen the craziest things today. Um, well, somebody would consider a sheikh, you know, to be a sheikh and a drug dealer are the same. They're the same. They're, they're Muslim. They're the same. And their iman is the same. And we shouldn't judge one over the other because maybe that drug dealer could have a closer relationship with Allah. That's what they'll say. So they'll say, don't look down on people. Don't judge a book by its cover because maybe that person may have a stronger relationship. You see, they'll show you a, a non-hijabi sister and say, oh, maybe she has a stronger relationship with Allah than you, right? Someone who's practicing and someone who's... So talk to us about, about this because this is like, you know, today this is that pluralism. that They're trying to mix up this Western philosophy with Islam. And so what we need to do is we need to sift out those two and we need to separate the two, right? And so talk to us about what does it mean to love Allah's messenger, that submission to Allah's messenger. If you look at the Quran, loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not a claim. Mm. It's a way of life. It's an action. It is something that you have to manifest. Yes. Because Allah says in Surah Al-Imran, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي for those who say that uh, uh, we love Allah, then if you love Allah, then follow the footsteps of the Prophet He's the one that taught us about hijab. He's no. the one that taught us about prayer, salah, and everything. I mean, the only way that I could really see that if this person has hub and love of Allah is how are they close to the sunnah of the Prophet Subhanallah. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot say that I love Allah you're not obeying him. Allah Akbar. Uh, and the greatest <laughs> obedience to Allah is what? Is following his messenger. Subhanallah. Allah. If you obey his messenger, Allah, if you obey the Rasul, you indeed have obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. So uh, I think uh, again this the, the whole idea of like, you know, uh, don't judge someone. Uh, it, the issue is uh, it's not about it's not about what is only in your heart. Mm-hmm. It's about your actions. If, if, yes. It's if how I, you manifest. You know how if if that love is manifesting itself, then we we will see that see in it. your now, in your actions. Now, yeah. So this is this is, uh, this is beautiful. You know, one of the things even um, I, I I stress a lot of importance on, and this is one thing that like some it shocks my students sometimes, shocks them. Is when I when I mention like the maqam of hub in Islam, it's big, it's big. Allah He talks about hub in the Quran. The Prophet ﷺ talks about love in the in the Sunnah, right? And we see the way they talk about it. It's a reality that I think a lot of us don't pay attention to, because we say we love people, and Allah shows us 
what loving people can do to you mm -hmm. over Allah's messenger, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he shows you what love of Allah looks like. He shows you what love of the Prophet ﷺ looks like. And then we have even the preserved stories of the Sahaba mm -hmm. to see what and hear about what those stories are about. Mm -hmm. So we, we can't, like there's no room for us to claim ignorance mm -hmm. anymore. Say, wallahi, how do we know if that person really loves Allah? We don't know it's in their heart. <laughs> Loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's... Uh, it should be a reality. Mm. It should not be a claim. No. Yeah. And SubhanAllah, if you look at the Quran, and if you allow me to please, elaborate, please. you know. That's why, we, uh, that's why we have you here. Barakallahu <laughs> feek. Allah ibarak feek. If you look at the, the Quran, the way, SubhanAllah, uh, the Quran summarizes every single reason that a human being falls in love with someone. Allah Akbar. And then the Quran connects that back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He traces back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's look each one of them. One of the reasons why people fall in love with with uh, with other people, with objects, is beauty. Mm. Right? You say, wow, this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. This is a beautiful person. This yeah. is beautiful. You know, you saw people like they take expeditions, they go to different places, they take pictures, pictures and yeah. they put that in their you know, walls, they say, this is beautiful. Postcards. You know, ocean or lake. So all of yeah. this, you know. But then Allah says, when you take your camera and you take the picture, a photo of, of that beautiful image, uh. your eyes should not stop at the object. Allah. You must have a heart that penetrates, you know, into the Allah object Allah. and look at the creator of the beauty in that Allah thing. Allah. The same thing when you look at the flower and you look at the Subhan beautiful flower. You ask about... Who created the beauty in that flower? No. Because the beauty that you see and the connection that you have, your vision with the beauty is not a coincidence. Subhanallah. It is the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, at the, one of the poets, Abu Nawaz, he says uh, something about that, about that, you know, uh, you look at the تأمل في نبات الأرض وانظر إلى آثار ما صنع الملك عيون من لجين شاخصات بأحداق هي الذهب السبيق uh, he says that تأمل, يعني, look and contemplate and look yeah. at the nabat, look at the, 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 the fruits that come from the earth yeah. uh, and, and think about you know when you look at the beautiful things you see in the gardens you know especially in the summertime and you look at these beautiful flowers think about you know the creator because they say the, all of these are testimonies you know to the, uh, the creator Allah subhanahu oh. wa ta'ala so one is beauty no. So I want to say, if you are one of the people who gravitate towards beauty, then... This is one of his realities. One of his realities. Then you should love Allah. If you love things because they're beautiful, then remember Allah. I wish we love told Allah Robio that before he killed himself. Jamal. Uh, <laughs> Jamal is... No. In the surah, Allah says, وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا جَمَالٌ حِينَ تُرِحُونَ وَحِينَ تَسْرَحُونَ And it's a beautiful way that the Quran presents about, you know, the beauty that we see around us. The second is uh, Ihsan. Mm. Uh, I, I know a brother who says, Sheikh, there is one brother in the masjid that I will never forget. I always, every time I see him, my love uh, to him increases. Every day I say, why? See, this person was with me in a time when everybody around me left me. SubhanAllah. Yeah. Loyal to the soul. Yeah. And he said, I was going through a big crisis. And then this was the person that stood by my side. Mm. 
every day. He said, Wallah, I will never forget. So I say, you love him because of his ihsan, mm. the goodness. Yes. But think about if you are one of the people who love others because of good that they have done to you, think about the goodness of Allah upon you. Subhanallah. You get up in the morning, you look at the mirror, you're able to, you know, brush your teeth, you're able to put your clothes on, you're able to drive, yeah. everything is moving, your muscles, everything you're taking, you know, the, the oxygen, you're breathing you and everything. Yeah. There are people who don't have that. Wallahi, they cannot even get up in the morning. There's so many blessings and ihsan uh, that we take it for granted. Yeah, so, and by the way, every ihsan, every goodness, every favor that comes to us from even other human beings, in reality, it is Allah who gave them the ability to do ihsan to us, the goodness. That's, and that's that tawfiq. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, every time I hear like uh, Arabic words, it makes me like bring it back to Somali, when people say like, ahsan al kufali. Mm. Right, they did good. They did mm. good for you, right? So ahsan, ahsan, mm. and and so even in our language, it's it's something that um, um, it's it's embedded there. Yeah, it's embedded. It's embedded. Yeah, that ihsan is actually one of the things that it awakens the heart. The, yes, the soul, it's, the ruh. Yeah, the soul. Yeah, Allah. to love. You know. So you said the first one is jamal. Beauty, jamal. The second, second one is ihsan. Third is adama. Okay, adama. Yeah. Before yeah. we move on to the adama, hey. the ihsan. Uh, one of my sheikhs used to say, one of my teachers used to say that, it's like, you know, if you're waiting a, a letter from someone you love, yeah. and then you open your mailbox and you find the letter in the mailbox, say the mailman who was who delivered the the, ma- the mail to you, just like that, anyone that is doing the ihsan to you, the the sender is Allah. Mm. The one that is doing to you is just like the person that's delivering yeah. the mailbox to you, you know, the mail letters to you in your mailbox. So ihsan is like that. Anyone that, that does good to us, at the end of the day, the sender is Allah. Allah Akbar. Yeah. The no. sender is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third is Adama. Yeah. There are people who say that, wow, this thing, it's, it, it just... It, it mesmerizes me, it captivates mm. me, I, I love it, it's so huge, it's endless, you know. But then the Quran reminds us, for every great thing that you see, Allah is the creator of that Allahu greatness in that Akbar. thing. Subhanallah. Yeah. So he said, Allahu Akbar. Yeah. Allahu Akbar min kulli shay. Yeah, for everything, everything that you see, Allahu Akbar. Uh, that's the greatest manifestation it's when you say, Allahu Akbar. Yes. That's why in Islam, actually, even if you see something that really that amazes you, that makes you like, wow, this is great. We say, Allahu Akbar. You kabbir Allah. We say, Allah is greater than this. Because that thing, that greatness we see in anything, it is Allah who created that greatness in those and, in those things. And you know what's interesting now that you brought up is that we see how this is communities and people of the past, they went astray. When Allah gave them, because he gives everybody this opportunity to experience you know, these amazing things and realities, experiences of life. And once they encounter it, and Allah, He allows them to embellish in it, they don't give shukr back to Allah. They don't give the the gratitude and the credit back to Allah. And so then Allah, He takes them to task for it. Right? And so this is this is just a reminder. This is our reminder every day. Mm. Right? Or to, to be, be grateful. Just, and now... Mm. And, and if, if, you, if you really develop, uh, if you put yourself in the Quranic ethos and mm. you look at how the Quran presents uh, gratitude, 
in so many different ways. One of the eyes that really the that captures my my attention every time I read and I say like I pause for a minute is the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَقَدْ صَدَّقَ عَلَيْهِمْ إِبْلِيسُ ظَنَّةِ فَاتَّبَعُوهُ إِلَّا فَرِيقًا مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِ This is the people of Saba the land of the yes, two gardens yes, yes. in Yemen عَنْ يَمِينِ وَشِمَالِ One garden on the right the other one on the left Even their travel, their journey was very convenient, very close. Yes. Everything was just s- smooth. The only requirement was just be grateful. You had to show gratitude. And they didn't show gratitude. Allah says they have confirmed the perception of Iblis mm. about human beings. What is the perception or the thinking of Iblis on human beings? that you will not find many of them to be grateful uh, to you. Shakirin. That was the thinking of Iblis. So anyone that becomes ungrateful to Allah, he is confirming the, the, reality. the reality of Iblis. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the way Iblis actually thought about human beings. Yeah. Because Iblis said, you will find most of them to be ungrateful. That's his goal. He wants to prove yeah. to Allah yeah. that he made a mistake. Yeah. Allahu Akbar. Yeah, so, and the reason that We live in a world where people don't have good attitudes because it's there's a lack of gratitude, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, they say, you know, gratitude is the best <laughs> attitude, you know. I just picked that up. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Allah got some. Allah barakfik. Gratitude is the best attitude. It is. It is. And you see, the people that are the most happiest in the world may not have the most mm. things in the world. Oh, like they no. But they have the best attitude. The best attitude. Yeah. Which to everything, to the trials <laughs> of this world, to yes. themselves and to yeah. everything. Yeah. So which brings us to our next point, you know, um, and 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 this 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 journey of, of spirituality is going back to Allah. We came from Allah, we're going back to Him. That's our journey, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, Whereas that's our journey, mm-hmm. we're going back, He's the end. And so, I know um, one of the things that we have in our community is that, like, for example, this is the month of Mawlid, right? People that are celebrating the Mawlid, it just passed. Um, and then we have a lot of people who are, uh, we know the Sahaba didn't practice this, and the Prophet didn't do this uh, annual act of the Mawlid, right? And they, but there's a lot of people, they, they take their time to go and say, like, you know, this is bid'ah and this and that. But you know the sad reality is that the people that are vocal about this, and we're not saying they're wrong for saying that it's bid'ah, but what we're saying is that within the, the those very people, there's a disconnect from the Prophet right? So let's talk about that because I think a lot of us say, even in like the Salafi community, as I'm, I, I, I always uh, you know acknowledge myself as being from, but what I what, what you'll notice is that. We're good in some areas, and then there's other communities that are better in, in this, other in this, areas, in this yeah. other areas, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, like this one example here, the Prophet Sallallahu we're supposed to love him more than our families, everything, uh, ourselves even, right? And this way, he said, "Hatta hatta akuna ahabba ilay min walidhi wa walidhi wa nafs wa nasi ajbari." Right, everything you're supposed to love, but then. The person that you love, you don't know his daughter's names, his son's names, his uncle's names. You don't know his wives. 
right? You don't, you never read his seder before. Mm -hmm. The disconnect is so strong that we know athletes and soccer players, wives, children, we know all that. But the Prophet ﷺ, his pure household, we don't know. We don't know him. We, we've never read Sirah in our life. And it's not like, you know, before people needed to travel months to go and get this knowledge. <laughs> it's right here, mm -hmm. right? And then even YouTube is not like it was 10 years ago, five years ago. It's developed now, all these lectures and stuff. And we're mad at that guy who's practicing the molded. But that guy who practiced the molded knows who the Prophet is. He read his sirah multiple times. He knows his family members. He knows his sahaba and the things that they did. He knows the favorite foods that the Prophet ate. What is wrong with us? So let's talk about this disconnect. Because mm -hmm. for me, one of the things that made me start practicing is after reading the sirah of the Prophet And that was just like a turning point for me. As like, I, can't, I can't turn back from this. And so that, that moment for me was, and so I was thinking to myself, like, why don't people know this man? Like we say, sallallahu alayhi wa to his name, we don't know who he is. No. So let's talk about that disconnect, Shaykh What Where do you think this disconnect comes from? Um, let's talk about the consequences and how do we uh, reconnect ourselves? No. Uh, I think the, the disconnect from the, from the beloved the Habib sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I think it, it comes from, especially within our communities, there has been this tendency of saying that we need to avoid bid'ah in mm. innovations in the deen. Yeah. Uh, but it's a bid'ah also. A disconnection is a bid'ah as well. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, it's it's actually it's a, it's yeah, a, it's a serious bid'ah. Yeah. It's a serious innovation that yeah. you know uh, that disconnection from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, in my in my humble view, Allah Alam, and Allah knows best, the those who celebrate uh, uh, Mawlid, uh, they're actually they're they're not all the same. No. First of all, you know, there if you ask if you talk to the people who celebrate Mawlid, yeah. there are some people who say that we know this is not from the Deen. Mm. Uh, we are not saying that it is actually you have to do it. It's not wajib. Yeah. They say that it's adiyat. It's just a custom uh, uh, thing that has, you know, developed in the Muslim culture, and and we don't s we don't see a delil or evidence that says don't do it. So they say that it actually becomes in the in the in the mantika or the territory or the domain of of mubah. That's according to some of the scholars. Okay. Of course, there are other scholars who say that this was not done in the time of the Prophet. Uh, that's true, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It was not done. And also in the time of, of, of the companions and the Salaf al-Salih, Allah alim. But the point here is this. Uh, this is a mas'ala of ikhtilaf. Uh, Ibn Hajar, for example, uh, who's a great scholar, he said it's okay. Uh, Abu Sham al-Maghdisi, one of the great scholars from Sham, no. he said the same thing. And, and other scholars who, they, they say that, you know, if... If this is a way of to revive the love of the Prophet Sallallahu into the hearts of the people, and people are not doing like uh, munkar or, or like uh, things that are against the deen, if yeah. they're all coming just to you know read uh, you know certain ayat from the Quran that pertain to the Prophet Sallallahu and they remind each other about his sacrifices and his commitment to 
saving the humanity and bring them from darkness to no. light. If if they speak about his sirahs, it's not a it's not an issue. Uh, so, and to me, if you ask me personally, I believe in the West. We need to have Sira conventions. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we need to always yeah. go over the the, the, the Sira is why we we go and we want to learn about other things that are secondary, lesser mm-hmm. importance. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I want to memorize Al Baykuniya. Allah's not going to ask you about Al Baykuniya. Mm-hmm. But you will be asked about that man. Your prophet you no. pro- in the grave. Mm. You'll be asked. <laughs> so I think this is important. By the way, we're not endorsing <laughs> the Mawlid. I know some people are just, oh, well, look, they're doing it. We're just talking about the, the realities we're about, of Yes. The, and so yeah. there are these opinions that exist. Well, mm. they ex- uh, Imam Suyuti as well. I believe he's Sah-sah. one of the people mm. who was mm. uh, defending the Mawlid, right? So, uh, and may Allah forgive us and forgive uh, all of our scholars for any of mistakes that they had and to reward them for the good that they brought, right? But the point here we're trying to bring everybody back to is reconnecting ourselves with mm. the Prophet We're not saying do that through the motive. Mm. But what we're saying is that this is uh, one of the primary reasons for our disconnect with the deen in, in general mm. is that you don't know who the Prophet is. I think there was a Sahabi who was drinking uh, they, his name was Himar. They, that was his nickname. His laqab, Himar. That's what they call him. And the, he used to make the prophet laugh sometimes, right? And he was drinking. He's caught drinking. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was he was reprimanded in front of the prophet. So I said him. He says, "Don't do that. Do do not curse him, uh, for I know that he loves Allah and His Messenger, right? He loved, but he's not like the drunkard today." The, our drunkards today are complete. They're they're out of the ballpark, you know. And this is the point: is that the Sahaba, for them, the red line was a prophet. You don't cross that line. Hadith comes to you. Prophet, uh, I believe in it. Today we complain and we argue mm-hmm. against the Hadith. But how do we know? Mm-hmm. But that's not right. He couldn't have said that. But and then we become muhaddith on the spot. We, we before we didn't know how to make wudu. Now we're muhaddithin. You know. So <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. It's just it's just disconnected. And I think the way to really I I, I want to use this opportunity to you know tell people no. that uh, the best way to connect uh, you know with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is is to revive you know uh, the sirah knowledge you know the sirah you know that ilm that knowledge that branch of knowledge and to make it like a, a, like a part of the the duxi curriculums yes, you know yes. so that. So that young generation can learn about the Prophet sallallahu yes. alaihi and not only t- teaching Sirah in small settings, but having like Sirah conventions. Yeah, people have Quran competitions, yeah. right? That's that's a and good point. And Quran competitions, yeah, there are a lot of students who memorize the Quran through that competitions, mm. because it's in a nice place. Yes. There is a challenge. Yes. Uh, the winners they get certain you know prices. Parents love that. Yes. That's how they developed you know no. attachment to the Quran. Yeah. In the beginning, maybe it's a little pressure and you know all of the hesitance and all of that. But at the end, that's how they memorize the Quran. But if we want to, as a community, we have to invest yes. in the seerah. If we want this young generation to really uh, uh, have that connection with yeah. the with and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and I want to say one thing. No. I remember the, there's a brother who came to me a while ago. He's a college student. He was complaining about, you know, he had a roommate uh, and uh, he was going to school 
and he was by himself in the school and he was taking so many classes you know philosophy ethics mm. and all of these different <laughs> you know classes that students normally take at the first the year of school yeah so uh and then he was talking about how uh he was he started having you know like questions mm, doubts because you know this professor is you know they speak uh, you know about different topics yeah. and if you're a muslim student in those classrooms if you don't have enough knowledge you know they put some shubhat you know some doubts so he came to me he said sheikh i have a lot of questions uh, and then the brother really had a lot of questions <laughs> but then i said brother how did you maintain your deen for 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 this period you seem to have a lot of and he said subhanallah one thing i still remember he said sheikh before i came to the university i i stayed with my mom i he was raised by his mom you know mm. and he said that every time Every night I would see my mom sending salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu And he said that I developed that emotional attachment to the Prophet that every time this shubhat in my mind I say would you leave the Prophet's path and take someone else's path He said I don't know I don't know much Arabic I don't know much you know Quran not much knowledge but he said it's just that you know uh, emotional uh, attachment a love and that connection with yeah. the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that made him you know stick to the truth although he was going through some you know but that was the main it 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 it, it protected him at that moment so the hub love protects people yes yeah yes yeah. And, and that's what the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he also said to he says al-mar'u man ma'aman ahab al-mar'u ma'aman ahab a man a person will be with the one whom they love Mm. This is after a man came to the Prophet Sallallahu and he testified his love for him. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I love you. Right? Wallahi, I love you. And so there are people like that. But at the same time, and we may not be cognizant of this, and may Allah forgive us, is that we also are attached to other people <coughs> and things and celebrities the way we should be having this love for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Right, so we say like, I don't want to mention some of their names aside. Well, I don't, I don't want to mention, but we know the musicians, the rap stars, the basketball stars, all this. We get haircuts like them. We get, you know, we do all these things to try to imitate them. We say, well, I, I love her. I'm gonna go spend. People spend two hundred dollars to look at someone on the stage with all these sweaty people and walk away. And on the prophesy celebs. people will be sweating that day on that grand stage and he will be the only person who will be saying ya allah ya rabbi ummati ummati arrows are going towards his heart and we walk over his sunnah today subhanallah we spit on it we trample on it and then we say we love rasulullah no loving the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is following him in his footsteps and following all everything that he taught us and f- to do that you need to learn this is you need to learn you need to have that knowledge so shaykhna um wallahi we could keep going on and on and i know it's getting late um if you want to close with something uh, a final nasiha for our viewers inshallah ta'ala and we'll definitely have you again this was a wonderful discussion jazakallah mm. khairan one thing i would say is uh, let's use the word tazkiyah in the state of spirituality, spirituality. To, to avoid confusion no. 
because the Quranic uh, vocabulary is Tazkiyah. And the second is, let's connect back to the Prophet ﷺ. Let's study the seer of the Prophet. Yeah. And let's remember this, that we have a great ni'mah. Allah made us Muslims, and we should be grateful for that. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khair. And you know, to our viewers, this is a wonderful discussion about spiritual... Uh, <coughs> caught myself. About tezkiyah and imaniyat and reestablishing ourselves, right? And holding on to the rope of Allah. Um, I know some people are already thinking a lot about maybe, maybe we mentioned some things about Sufi and, and Mawlid and things like that and people that are celebrating um, and people who unfortunately who are maybe even innovators and but they know more about the Prophet than we do right so it's not about being Salafi or Sufi it's about because you can call yourself a Salafi and be a monkey Allah, you could be just someone who is just sul adib, everything, right? And then you could just say that, hey, I'm a Sufi. You could be following the, the sunnah of the Prophet So it's not about the names. See, we get caught up with the names. We're not telling people to practice uh, uh, or to uh, celebrate the Prophet birthday uh, every day in the year. We're selling celebrate his life every day by acting upon the sunnah, right? And this is what the call of the Salaf is. The call of the Salaf is to love, reattach. They were attached to the Prophet. Imam Ahmed, Imam Ahl Sunnah, was called the copycat of Rasulullah. Right? And he's the Imam of Ahl Sunnah. Every Salafi knows him. Every Sunni knows him. Even everybody who knows him. Call yourself whatever you want. They know him and the sacrifices that he made. So we need to be people that have also, likewise, that sort of, um, we put sort uh, you know, that, that juhud. We put that hard work in. To learn about the Prophet because that ticket to the Akhirah, that salvation, is not cheap. Right? It can be, but this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only leaves for those that He has mercy on. We ask Allah to make us from them, and we ask Allah to uh, inspire us with the love of the Prophet and the love of the Sahaba and the love of the righteous people of this Ummah. Um, like this video, share it, and comment below what you think. And also, uh, uh, let us know if you want us to discover or, or cover any other uh, topics, inshallah. And that's all we have for today. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha ila anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.